0: Hi everyone, welcome to DAC Cross LawCast. I'm Beth Brown, a pensions partner in our National Employment, Pensions and Immigration Group and I'm joined by Kerry Fuller.
1: Hi everyone, I'm a legal director in the team and I'm an employment specialist. Today we're going to talk about a very topical subject, climate change. Uh, you may recall, and if I recall right, B, back in 2016, the United Nations Framework Convention saw the Paris Agreement on Climate Change signed. Obviously, the focus of that was on protecting the planet. Um, but there are pension implications. And I think, Beth, that some new laws were introduced for pension schemes as a result of that agreement. Is that right? Yeah, that's exactly what happened, Kerry.
0: Fast forward to last year, and the Pension Scheme Act 2021 became law. This Act introduced a framework in respect of governance and reporting requirements for climate-related risks for pension schemes. And then there were two sets of regulations and accompanying statutory guidance introduced which set out the detail. Essentially, certain trustees are required to ensure that they have in place effective scheme governance in respect of the effects of climate change.
1: So, Beth, you say certain trustees. So, does that mean the requirements only apply to some trustees?
0: (laughs) Good listening there. Yes, at the moment, that's correct. As the requirements we're going to be talking about are being phased in, they are designed to apply to the larger schemes first. The requirements have applied to occupational pension schemes with relevant assets of £5 or more. As well as authorised master trusts and collective money purchase schemes since the 1st of October last year. And then from the 1st of October this year, the requirement will apply to occupational pension schemes with relevant assets of between 1 billion and 5 billion. Although I would say that many occupational pension schemes are already thinking about this, given that climate change and ESG more widely are on people's agendas.
1: Right, that that makes sense of why we're talking about this now, then. Um, As you say, climate change and ESG are increasingly important topics. And October 22, when the next tranche of occupational pension schemes will need to comply with the requirements, will of course be here before we know it. Can I just ask, when talking about which occupational pension schemes need to comply with the requirements, you mentioned relevant assets. What counts as relevant assets, Beth?
0: So for the purposes of the regulations, when we talk about relevant assets, we mean the scheme's net assets as recorded in the audited accounts for the scheme year ending on or after the 1st of March 2021 for those schemes which will need to comply with the requirements on or after the 1st of October this year. if any occupational pension scheme has relevant assets of £1 or more for a scheme year ending on or after the 1st of March 2022, the new requirements will apply from the scheme year that is one scheme year and one day after that scheme year end date. I would just mention though that some assets are excluded when calculating a scheme's relevant assets, for example, bulk annuity policies and certain other insurance policies.
1: Okay, thanks for explaining that, Beth. So now we know which schemes already have to comply with the requirements and which schemes will have to comply soon. Could you give us a quick summary, please, of the key requirements?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So trustees of pension schemes which have to comply with the new regulations have to, one, have knowledge and understanding of the principles relating to the identification, assessment and management of climate-related risks and opportunities affecting occupational pension schemes. 2. Establish and maintain oversight of the climate-related risks and opportunities relevant to their schemes. 3. Establish and maintain processes to satisfy themselves that anybody who undertakes certain tasks on their behalf, advises them on governance activities except for legal advisors, or assist them with governance activities, takes adequate steps to identify, assess and manage any relevant climate related risk and opportunities which are relevant to those governance activities that the person is undertaking, advising on or assisting with. And I think this one is really important for demonstrating that the requirements go beyond what trustees themselves are doing, as trustees need to be looking at what those helping them are doing as well. So turning back to the trustees themselves, number four is that they have to, on an ongoing basis, identify and assess the impact of climate-related risks and opportunities which they consider will have an effect over the short, medium and long term on their scheme's investment strategy and where applicable funding strategy. For these purposes, It's for the trustees to determine what is meant by short, medium and long term, taking into account their schemes, liabilities and obligations to pay benefits. Five, as far as they are able, trustees have to undertake a triannual scenario analysis, which includes considering at least two scenarios where there is an increase in the global average temperature. In the intervening years, trustees have to review whether circumstances require them to refresh their analysis.
1: Okay, Beth, can I just stop you there for a moment and ask what you mean by um, trustees need to do um, these things as far as they are able?
0: Of course. um, Whether regulations require trustees to do something as far as they are able, such as undertaking a scenario analysis... That obligation will be considered in light of the specific circumstances of the scheme. What this means in practice is that trustees need to take all steps that are reasonable and proportionate in the particular circumstances, taking into account the costs or likely costs which will be incurred in taking those steps and the time that the trustees or any person to whom the trustees have delegated responsibility will need to spend in taking those steps. Essentially, trustees are not expected to spend a disproportionate amount of time and money in taking the required steps, but they are required to do everything they reasonably can to comply with the regulations.
1: Great, thanks Beth. I'll let you get back to your summary of the key requirements in the regulations now. <laughs> thanks Kerry. So, we were just talking about the requirement
0: for a triannual scenario analysis. So, I think the next one I was going to mention was that trustees must establish and maintain processes for identifying, assessing and managing climate-related risks relevant to their scheme. And this needs to be done as part of the scheme's overall risk management because climate change is not a standalone consideration. Trustees also have to select climate-related metrics, including at least two emission-based metrics and one additional climate-related metric. Then, as far as they are able, trustees must obtain data required to calculate their chosen metrics on an annual basis and use the metrics they have calculated to identify and assess the climate-related risks and opportunities which are relevant to their scheme. They must also set a target for their scheme in relation to at least one of the selected metrics and, as far as they are able, measure their scheme's performance against the chosen target annually And finally, with regard to reporting all of this governance, trustees must publish a report setting out various prescribed matters relating to their scheme's climate-related governance, strategy and risk management processes. This report has to be published within seven months of the end of the scheme year, each year, and it must be signed by the trustee chair and be published on a publicly available website, which is accessible free of charge.
1: Wow. Uh, You stopped using numbers, but we got to nine there in the summary. So it sounds like trustees of schemes need to be doing an awful lot, Beth.
0: Yeah, there are a lot of new requirements, but I think once trustees have processes in place, it will soon become a natural part of running an occupational pension scheme to have that effective governance in respect of the effects of climate change in place, and then report on that governance. I would also note that there is some statutory guidance which accompanies the new regulations and trustees must have regard to this statutory guidance in complying with their climate-related risk governance and reporting requirements. Even if trustees aren't required to comply with the new regulations, but they're choosing to do so voluntarily, they may still find the guidance really useful.
1: That makes sense, Beth. Um, Could you tell us a bit about this guidance then, please?
0: Yeah, the the guidance helpfully provides an overview of the requirements under the regulations and then it offers insight and guidance on what trustees actually have to do to comply with the requirements. It also makes the point that while trustees are not obliged to consider or follow the pensions climate risk industry groups non statutory guidance, that guidance has a lot of it's very practical in its nature, which means trustees may find it helpful. And the statutory guidance also talks about the new requirements under the regulations as activities that trustees must, should
1: or may undertake. Oh, that sounds very helpful. And do the must, should or may categories have the meaning you'd expect, Beth?
0: Essentially, yes, Kerry. Activities that trustees must undertake are activities that are expressly required by the regulations and failure to carry them out may lead to enforcement action by the Pensions Regulator. Activities that trustees should undertake are those that they are expected to follow, and if they choose not to do so, they should include a concise description of their reasons in the relevant section of their annual climate risk report. Then activities which trustees may undertake are activities which they are encouraged to follow but if they choose not to do so, they don't have to explain their reasons for this in their annual climate risk report. The final point I would make about the statutory guidance is that it provides, as I say, insight and guidance on a range of topics, such as what as far as they are able means, as well as considerations for approaching scenario analysis and for publishing the governance report.
1: Great. That sounds very helpful then. And you mentioned that the pensions regulator can take enforcement action if trustees don't comply with the activities they must undertake. So what happens if trustees don't comply with their obligations under these regulations?
0: As you would expect, Harry, the pensions regulator will be able to serve a compliance notice on trustees, directing them to take or refrain from taking specific steps. However, it's worth noting that the pensions regulator will also be able to issue a third party compliance notice where it thinks a breach is wholly or partly due to a third party's act or admission, and that act or admission is not itself a breach. The pensions regulator will also be able to issue fines against trustees for non-compliance with the new requirements and or non-compliance with a compliance notice. And that's in addition to the pensions regulator being able to issue a penalty to a third party for non-compliance with a compliance notice.
1: And how much can a penalty issued by the pensions regulator be then, Beth?
0: Fines can be up to 5000 for an individual or up to 50000 for a corporate. If the pensions regulator issues a fine for a failure to publish the climate risk report in the scheme's annual report on accounts, the same maximum supply so 5000 for an individual 50 for a corporate but there is a minimum fine too and that's set at 2500
1: so it sounds like this is really being taken very seriously
0: well obviously it's in everybody's interest for pension schemes to comply with the new obligations so i think it's likely that the pensions regulator will first seek to use its compliance notice powers I would make the point that the Regulator has said that it wants to help trustees fulfil their obligations so it will be setting clear expectations and driving compliance through supervision and enforcement. The Pensions Regulator has published draft guidance outlining its approach to the new climate change related governance and reporting obligations and it's included several modules which refer to climate change in its draft single code of practice. Also, it is expected that trustees TKU will be developed through climate change being covered in the regulator's trustee toolkit. As part of its ongoing supervision, the pensions regulator wants to identify risks early, so it said it would examine scheme reports on scenario analysis by carrying out a thematic review of scheme resilience to climate-related scenarios. It will also review implementation statements, which you know, cover stewardship and engagement activities and therefore help trustees monitor risk and publish its findings. In addition, it will publish an index of the web addresses of scheme statement of investment principles, which I hopes should also drive up standards.
1: OK, thanks, Beth. So I think we're all clear on what trustees need to be doing. But is there anything sponsoring employers to occupational pension schemes need to be thinking about when it comes to these climate change requirements?
0: Although we've been talking about the trustee obligations, in practice, I'm often seeing trustees and employers work together on climate change because it's in both their interests to have consistent approaches to climate change. This is true not only because, as I mentioned, thinking about climate change and ESG more widely is in everybody's interest. But also because from a market and reputational perspective, an employer is not going to want the trustee to be taking an approach which is wildly different to the approach that it takes to climate change and ESG as a corporate.
1: That makes complete sense. So thanks, Beth. And on that note, all that's left is for me to say thank you to our listeners for listening. Thanks again, Beth.
0: Thanks, Kerry. Bye.